0: Time's Ars is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. If you can check out the app yourself. You can see what your seat's going to look like no matter where you're sitting. You can also see all the tickets for sporting events or non-sporting events. Concerts, theater shows. As I told you last week, it says right here, I like basketball, but I love Taylor Swift. and I'm not here to crack this copy. Game time is the best way to get tickets for everything from sporting events to shows by artists like T Swift or other artists that I like more than T Swift. But honestly, if Game Time was like, hey, here's your Taylor Swift tickets at 60% off, I'd probably go because I like, you know, I like concerts and I also like getting tickets for up to 60% off, which is why I have Game Time on my phone right now. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on last minute tickets up to 60% off.
1: All right, everybody working up.
2: Everybody's
0: working. With that, time's yours. Guys, I'd like to make a a solemn promise to you all right now at the beginning of this episode of Time's Ours. I would like to promise to you that we, this show today, unlike the Oakland Raiders, will give you full starter effort for more than just three quarters of this episode. Because this weekend, guys, in the NFL, we saw some things. And the funniest things that we saw was the fact that the Raiders literally stopped playing football in the third quarter. Like, no, guys, we're good. Uh, AFC West, that's over. We're going to hang out on the sidelines and try to be better next week. We're going to try to be as good as we can right now, though, here on Times R's on The Athletic. Happy Monday, everybody. The bye week is over. It's business week again. I'm Josh Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. Uh, guys, what was the funniest thing from the NFL this week? And and was it uh, the the white flag being being uh, raised in New York by John Gruden company? Uh, well, there's
1: there's nothing like a good bye week. Thank you, NFL. After 11 <laughs> weeks of grinding uh, through the team, so it, it's always fun when you're like, hey, it's a bye week um and that is like liberty for holly to do anything that she wants to get done on the weekend so it's like hey you know we should do this we should do that and like you know hey you know we should see all our friends at church um i go to (laughs) i go to heartland community church in olathe and i looked at my phone every 12 weeks i I looked at my phone and it said 34 3 and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) what um so yeah, I mean, nothing like a good West Coast team traveling East and literally falling asleep on the flight before the game started. Uh, who, yeah, who saw that coming? I was I was convinced that it was going to be, hey, the, the rival. I was ready to come on this morning and be like, the rivalry's back, folks. Two seven and four teams, bitter rivals. Like, you know, Chiefs, Raiders, can't you just feel it in the air as we get to December? Uh, no. But you know what was worse? <laughs> and I know a lot of Chiefs fans are thinking this, because even I was on my couch like with my arms in my ear like, "What? wait, wait, what? Um, if I see one more tripping call in this league, <laughs> I swear... I... <sighs> I don't want to say our Lord's name in vain, but if I see one more <laughs> tripping call when no one trips a single person in the line of scrimmage, I... Yeah, I may have it. So, interesting week. Some teams showed up, some teams didn't, and even some refs showed up and some didn't. So, yeah, interesting, <laughs> interesting week
2: to not watch football in person.
0: Seth, how was your bye week? What stressed you out?
2: I'm actually going to sit this one out and let Mike Glennon come in and appear on the rest of this <laughs> podcast for me. Um, he actually, he's actually in the other room, but he's just going to kind of lean in here. And uh, he'll be able to reach in here. Uh, Is that a joke about his long neck? Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> and it was a. You mean it was a hilarious joke about his long neck.
1: Um, I mean, so do, I, do I need to start knocking on tables now? I mean, yeah. <laughs> do,
2: <laughs> I, do I need to on go be- Okay, here, here's the one thing. He's with got the such a lost. long neck. <laughs> he's got such a long neck. Knock on wood if you're feeling his long neck. Um.
1: <laughs> he can throw it deep because he has the longest neck in the league. It just translates. He can,
2: he can see. He's like, I see that guy. <laughs> welcome,
0: to, welcome to Time Czar's. This episode is clearly called Knock on Wood if you can feel his long neck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so here's the thing that I am I, I can't watch Patriots games anymore because oh, I'm too frustrated. Because oh. I want to scream at the other team, and I know it's gonna feel this way when the Chiefs play them. Why aren't you winning by 30? How yeah. are you? <sighs> like, it just makes me crazy, and plus, I get so frustrated that, like, their their schedule has just been just a beautiful gift to them this year because the the Cowboys are good but not great and like the mm. best teams they have played other than one that shellacked them have been <laughs> have been okay or the best is good you know yeah. Dallas is the second best team they played meanwhile the Chiefs are like well why don't we just play literally every AFC contender and a few NFC contenders as well and it's just making me crazy but whatever just, you got you got two, just,
1: you got two weeks Seth just just yep stay I got calm. two weeks. Just to just stay, so stay
2: calm. calm. Here's, here's my biggest fear. I had this like, you know, I was like, you know what would be the most chiefs thing to happen if we want to like you know hang on to the past and all our angst would be for the Raiders to just get shellacked and humiliated mm-hmm. and all of mm-hmm. us to be like, oh all right, cool, cool. Like a a wide open road to the SC West and then for them to come to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. That would be the most like, oh, well, all we got to do is win this game. All we got to do is win this game and then we're going to be in and then they're going to lose it. And it'll make me very Jersey and very upset. And (laughs) that's exactly... And so that's the only thing I'm afraid of because... In the past, it would be just the most cheese thing ever to just have a chance at wrapping everything. Because that happened last year. They had so many chances at wrapping right. up. You know, the Chargers kept losing down the stretch. It's like, guys, just win. So I'm a little nervous, honestly. Maybe more nervous than I would have been had Oakland just lost because, man, were they just looking past the Jets. They yeah. just they forgot they had a game. I, I would say that. Think about it in this context.
1: Like, Every other team in the AFC West, the Chiefs have been the, like, we got to have it game this year. Uh, If you look back in October, um, it was pretty clear that the Denver Broncos were like, well, uh, we got to have this game, fellas. If we can't beat the Chiefs on Thursday night on a short week at home, um, then then the season's over, and and it was true because like they lost and to like you know Matt Moore and Patrick dislocated his knee, and then John Elway was like, okay, who can I trade? Who who can yeah. I get off this roster? And uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just start leaking things like guys don't love Vic Fangio because guess what? Mm. I don't love Vic Fangio and I hired him. <laughs> uh, so Emmanuel Sanders left <laughs> two weeks later after that game. We just saw the Chargers, you know, last in, which we you know talked in detail. The idea of like, okay. Like, hey, um Phillip Rivers is as close to wash as you could get for the age that he's played at, and we need to win in Mexico City or our season as we know it is probably over. um, the Raiders won't have that same mindset, but it will be very close because yeah. not only is the not only is this their last chance of maybe coming back into the AFC West race, like if the Chiefs win Sunday, they will have a two game lead plus they won both divisional matchups. They will have still an undefeated divisional record. Um, so basically, if the Chiefs win on Sunday, like the division's over. But the bigger point for the uh, excuse me for the Raiders is they have to win to now keep up to be in the wild card discussion, let alone the divisional uh, race. So yeah. this is the Raiders sort of gotta have it game. And at least so far for two rounds of this, the Chiefs have been. The team to sort of win when the other team needs the game more from a mathematical sort of season projection standpoint.
0: And I should mention now here, we will not, this is going to be the last time that we get together specifically to talk about this Raiders game, but we actually will have another episode out this week, even here on Thanksgiving week, because tomorrow. We are presenting the Chiefs all-decade team. Nate really did the hard work on this one. But then Seth and I, uh, we will uh, we will critique Nate in detail and uh, attempt to to come up with the, the most absurd positions to fight over. So that's tomorrow. <laughs> Another free episode also. So two free episodes, back-to-back days of Time's ours this week. But since this is the last time we're, we're going to talk about the Raiders game, I mean, I don't listen. There's a lot we don't know still, but the Chiefs are... Obviously, coming off of the bye, so you would think that, that most of the injuries, we, we, I mean, obviously, keep an eye on it over the week. The three of us will also be tweeting about it and everything, so you can follow all of us there. Um, but whenever you look at the some of the matchups that we saw exposed for the Raiders, we saw the the schedule play out the way that it has, I also still want to circle back to the Patriots because Seth is so right about it like being physically painful to watch those games. But whenever whenever you see the the opponents the Raiders had been beating, and then they, they just make the Jets look really good. I think the Jets are probably fine. I think they're a, you know they're they're the best bad team or the worst good team at this point. Probably the former. Um, but whenever you look ahead to the matchup coming up this week, Seth, uh, what what do the Chiefs have over the Raiders if you can't just say Patrick Mahomes? Talent. Pretty good. A- it's, a, it's a pretty good answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty All right. pretty Yeah, talent, yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I should have been clear. Talent and coaching. Um, uh, other than that, advantage. Yeah, the yeah they got um, the home advantage. They look the Chiefs. Yes, obviously Mahomes. I mean, Derek Carr's been playing pretty well. Although you saw once they played a defense that's even remotely competent and got some pressure mm-hmm. on him, it didn't go well. And Derek Carr has always been that guy. When Carr's offensive line is playing great, he looks like it affects him more because he's got an arm and and he'll mm-hmm. he'll hang and he'll but when when he faces pressure he just falls apart and so i mean the chiefs they, they they're better in almost every phase of the game than the Raiders and that terrifies me because i just, I don't like these kinds of games. I don't. They make yes. me think like, Ugh. I mean, really all the chiefs needed. And we talked about this earlier this year was one quarter where they played their best football to beat the Raiders last time. Yeah. And that was it. Um, now to be fair, that, that, that best, that was maybe the best they played all year. Like it was just like, it was ridiculous, mm-hmm. but they they're just a better team. They they're faster. They do have more playmakers on both sides of the ball. The Raiders guys, you know, everyone's talking about the draft class, but these are rookies. They're trying to kind of learning their way. The Chiefs are just a better team. They're better coached. They're just better. Does that mean they'll win necessarily? Well, we've seen the Chiefs lose to teams that they're better than multiple <laughs> times this year. You know? They're also better than the Titans. They're also better than the Colts. I'd say they're better than the Texans.
0: So we'll see what happens. Nate, do you have any confidence that you can you can lint us before we move on to, to the mailbag and everything else?
1: Yeah, no I mean um, something. The,
2: the thing I'll say, no? okay, uh, that's fine. <laughs> the thing the, I'll that's so- the Midwest. That's the Midwest. Yes, is yeah. No, yeah, you know, know. the uh, the thing I'll say is,
1: that, and thank you, Seth, for for the backup there. I think
0: that's the Midwest no. I think no, yeah, is the Midwest yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah, no, is the Midwest no. So I think, on, I think Nate just I don't yeah. know. Here,
1: here we go. Um, <laughs> try again. My thought <laughs> is that the biggest, the biggest news we may learn later today, um, and I'm assuming now that we're back on our normal work week, uh, that we will talk to uh, one Andy Reid today around uh, the noon o'clock hour, um, but the, the biggest news would be like, you know, is there anything significantly uh, concerning regarding Tyreek Hill's uh, right hamstring strain that he suffered in Monday's, you know, last Monday's game against the Chargers? Um, I, I think there's, I know when I did, um, when I took some questions last week, there were some concerns about Damian, uh Williams' ribs. Um, and if it's anything similar to what Anthony Hitchens had last year, it's probably going to be a touch and go situation where he can play, but he may be limited just because obviously you, you need ribs to like breathe and like take air and, you know, people hit you <laughs> in those certain areas when you run the football over and over again. So I, you know, right. how, how effective Damian Williams will be, will I think always just be a question mark, at least for the next couple weeks. Um, but the bigger thing is, um, yes, the Chiefs beat the Raiders, in week two without Tyreek kill that also involved Demarcus Robinson literally having the game of his life. Um, and he's not been as productive of late. So I think they do need Tyreek kill to, to, to play in Sunday's game. And honestly, they just need a full healthy, like offense of unit for like 60 minutes. Cause we literally haven't seen it all season. Um, <laughs> so th- that would be my biggest thing heading into this week is You know, everybody on defense seems to be um, seems to be just about fine. You know, their body should be pretty pretty good after getting you know some time off. Uh, It seems like their chemistry is you know getting there for the most part, minus Derrick Henry running all over them. But uh, for the offense, I think the offense is still the thing that should worry Chiefs fans, uh, just because they have the potential to be great and they just have not put it together yet this year.
0: It's so frustrating too. Uh, let's uh, so you, again. You can hear the uh, De- all decades show will be out tomorrow, and you can follow all of us on Twitter for for the news of, of today and the rest of this week uh, at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs fan at JB Briscoe. We'll have stuff for you all week there, plus a bunch of written stuff coming out the rest of the week. Also, we're not going dark by any means, but from a podcasting scheduling. Point. There's our, uh, our, our way too early to look ahead of the Raiders And none of us are very confident Which is sad Actually I should say I, I, don't, cause I don't know if I've said this to you guys yet I did say on the radio last week That if the Chiefs lost to the Raiders Coming off of a bye and at home In a game they have to have to win the AFC West you did, I would let Seth tase me You did say this Okay so I want to remind hey. you So as I tell you now that I'm not as confident as I wish I was I did put the taser thing back on the table Josh and you gotta stop with the taser I think this is going to be my last one for this season. <laughs> I think this is the last chance well, you're, 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 that I'm going.
1: You're saying that you're not going to put this up for the, hey, we're going to Baltimore in the divisional round of the playoffs
0: against Lamar no, Jackson no. who's in superhero <laughs> mode? What? I wish you could see how hard I'm shaking my head right now because, honestly, I hurt my neck a little bit. Like I'm a little dizzy. No, I will not be
2: repeating that. <laughs> I, you know, if, if you want me to inject some confidence for you, Josh – the sure. reason I'm not confident is because I'm confident. There's no, there's no objective reason to not be confident. You know, you can, other than, well, the Chiefs have lost to teams they shouldn't have, but you know, they've beaten plenty of teams they should have too. They're coming off a bye week. They, they are healthier than they've been. There's plenty of reasons to be confident. The only reason I'm not is because it's just the most Chiefs story I can think of. So. Yeah. I don't know if that helps because there's tons of objective reasons because they are just better than the Raiders and it's really not that close. The Raiders beat a bunch of crappy teams for the most part, and that so you know I I wouldn't worry about it too much there, buddy. And also (laughs) if I tease you. (laughs) <laughs> man, that, man, that was vaguely ominous the way I said that. I would really, worry about it it too really much, buddy. Was. It really was. It, wow. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm gonna get out of mob enforcer mode and just like, oh, no, hey, buddy, it's no problem. You know, it just might be good if it didn't happen again. You know, it might be good for us. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear
0: just, yeah. Just warming up your taser at your on, on your hip right now. <laughs> by by like, the by, by the way,
1: to to fully describe the scene, there's already somebody laying motionless after being uh, tased eighteen thousand <laughs> times. <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey buddy, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh man, I gotta work on that tone. I'm not sure. That was like the tone I give my kids, like if they're like, you know, talking to their mom a certain like, ah, oh, you should probably talk to your mom a little different. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much, but you want might want to do it a little different. <laughs> I, I gotta work on that, so I apologize, Josh. I have no desire
0: to tase you. That's, That's true. You, Seth, don't lie on the podcast. I, <laughs> people people listen to this. You're you're a man of the cloth. You can't lie like
2: that. Of course I'm you want to, to save me. That's fine. I'm trying to speak it into existence to make me a better person,
0: Josh. All right. I'm uh, sorry. Too late. <laughs> oh, god, I Man, they can't lose this football game. I don't think they're going to, but they can't. They also cannot. Uh, uh, coming up this afternoon up on The Athletic, and I don't know, depending on when you listen to this, it might actually be up by now, but uh, Seth, you've been working on a McColl Hardman film yes. review, and, and we were talking before the show today where um, I, I was saying what I was hoping you were finding because McCool Hardman is one of those guys that I have even wondered myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Huh, I wonder if I just want him to play more because he's really fast. And every time he touches sure. the ball, I'm like, man, he's fast. He should play more. Yep. But a- as you've gotten into the film a little bit, what, uh, what conclusion have you been coming to with what McCool Hardman's been doing so far this year? He's fast. Um, he sure he, is. Thank you, Seth. All right, next, <laughs> next topic. Let's go to the mailbag. He's super fast. <laughs> um, let, me he's, he, let me tell you about DoorDash. Let me tell you about DoorDash.
2: So I would, I would just say this with, with Hardman. Um, check out the article because I've uncovered a lot of really cool tidbits. Here's just one of them, and there's a bunch of other tidbits that I didn't know about him statistically. On a yards-per-target basis, he's been the second-best receiver in the league. Like, not among Crazy. rookies, but but period. Mm-hmm. Only Stephon Diggs is averaging more yards per target. The Chiefs are averaging 12.2 yards per target of Hardman. He's like a big play machine. All five of his touchdowns have been 20-plus yards. And so I looked at the film a little bit to kind of figure out why they aren't using him more, you know, what he's doing well. And here's what I would say. He's got stuff to work on, and that's going to be laid out in detail in the article it's not really his route running. Like a lot of people, oh, he needs to become a better route runner. Yeah, he's got quick feet and he makes sharp cuts and it's improved. Yeah. It's not really his route running. It's the nuances of the offense. You know, figuring out where to be and you know where to drift in zones. And again, this is all laid out there, teaser, 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 teaser. Um with <laughs> video, with moving pictures. But he Whoa. is so fast. And I've talked about this a little bit here before, but after watching him and like, you know, some of these plays where he's just killing angles, he is the only, he's one of the only guys in the league who I think could even make Tyreek Hill sweat in a foot race. And I really do think if you made that, you know, he's himself said, you know, 40 yard might be dicey, but I think if you, if you made that like a 50 or 60 yard dash... I think he could make Hill sweat a little bit and that is saying something because Hill is otherworldly fast. But I mean McColl Hardman, I think he's Deshaun Jackson fast. I really do.
0: Hmm. What do you think in terms of cuz I mean I'll, I'll let you use the video clips and uh, everyone can go to athletic.com and uh, and it, also you can follow all of us as authors, you know that? You can also I saw there was an update to the Athletic AI uh, uh, UI. Where you can uh, get notifications for like podcasts going up, you can follow authors and, and get little push notifications when yes, pieces go up. It's great. You should check out the Athletic app. Um, you can you can see the the video clips and everything in there. But whenever you try to understand why he hasn't been used more, uh, I I think this is sure. a slightly different question than what does he still need to work on. But is there a reason that you you, you can see why they wouldn't have put, thrown him in there more often so far this year? And do you think there's a chance that that can go up without, you know, a full off season of continuing to become more comfortable in the offense? I and I don't really like this, but I don't think so.
2: I think it comes down to trust. They trust mm. Demarcus Robinson. They trust him everywhere on the field. They trust him at every position. They trust Sammy Watkins, right? And so mm-hmm. what I've seen consistently is once Hill came back, it was Hill, Watkins, and Demarcus Robinson. And Hardman still saw the field, but not as much. And so it just seems like they've got their, their minds made up. Now, I think he should be getting on the field more because he has a unique speed that, it, it alters the defense no matter what. So I have, I have a hard time seeing Andy just change that up completely in the middle of the season. Yeah. But I do think they need to up the number of kind of – you can call them like Tyreek Hill rookie plays – You know, those Mm -hmm. gadget-looking plays, whatever. they got to start getting him the ball a little bit more. And I'm going to talk about, you know, they they don't run jet sweep stuff as often as they used to. He's a great candidate for that stuff. Yes. And and not only is he great at it, he's not just fast. He breaks tackles pretty well, too, for a more slim guy he's he's got some good bounce against contact and he's got good vision in the open field and that 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 jet sweep action back and forth that's part of how the chiefs were so successful running the ball in previous years and they've gotten away from that a little bit this year and so i want to see them do more of that i i'm hoping they will because he's been so good with the ball in his hands but reed has been fairly consistent about the guys seeing the field that he trusts the most to be in the right spot, and right now
0: that's Hill, Watkins, and Robinson. Yeah, and, and Nate, what have you seen in that? Yeah, yeah and, and how they use those guys and how they trust them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks. I, I I'm sorry to to cut in, but I think you, um, you're welcome. <laughs> I think Golly. I think an- another reason too is like Demarcus has been in the offense for four seasons now. This is his yep, yeah. um, contract season. I think Andy is doing his best to give him as many snaps as possible to sort of showcase himself. Um, not for the potentiality of maybe resigning with the Chiefs, or uh, but obviously getting like an Albert Wilson type deal because um, I think mm-hmm. Demarcus is better than Albert Wilson in in some areas. I think he is too. So so Andy wants to do right by DeMarcus uh, and DeMarcus knows the whole offense which Seth mentioned earlier and then I think too because McCole is a uniquely skilled player for a rookie and because he's progressed faster than I think a lot of people sort of uh, projected myself included um, it's time for Andy to like Seth mentioned create packages that are able to accentuate his skill set and then I would love for, especially against the Raiders, um, I would love for Andy to, the the game I think about last year where it was just like Andy Reid didn't give up, you know what, was week two against mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. He came out after halftime, and I still remember this to this day where he was just like, okay, we were up 21 nothing. Pittsburgh came back, it's 21-21 at halftime, you know what, screw it. Five wides, let's go. Just (laughs) sling that bad boy all over the yard and they don't have enough DBs. And part of this goes to, obviously, your offensive line needs to be healthy. We assume that's going to get better, especially after the bye week and after all five guys sort of played together for the first time in a while against the Chargers. And your quarterback needs to be healthy and have some, you know, some mobility and some uh, evasiveness uh, against the pass rush. So if – we are at that point in the season where, like, hey, offensive line may, might be gelling at the right time. Maybe even peaking if things go well. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes has played on a dislocated kneecap, seems to be moving around pretty well, even on a crappy field in Mexico City. Sorry, folks. Um, sorry, Studio Teca. But all those things sort of suggest that, like, hey, instead of having three wides and using Blake yes. Bell or oh D.D. on Yelder. Just yes. use Travis Kelsey and four wide receivers, because they don't I don't know who has maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Maybe the mm-hmm. Ravens, because they 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 traded for Marcus Peters. But like just think about it, fellas. First and ten, middle of the field. Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, and Miko Hartman coming in motion back and forth to sort of ID the secondary what the heck they're doing, if they're in zone or man, and then Patrick can go pick them apart down the field. It's, yeah. I mean, obviously you need to run the ball at some point. I'm just saying it might be time to start going five wide, even as the air and the weather gets colder.
0: Yes, but that means you gotta. That means you gotta take Bleon Belder off the field, and that uh, you can't do that. Bleon Belder, by the way, is both of them combined because <laughs> at this point, like, what's the what's difference? The difference? <laughs> what's the difference? It's just. Uh, I would love that. I would love that more than anything. And I guess I could ask you both this question because I think I think at least Seth where he's leaning. Do you think that's gonna happen? Oh. Uh, there's really. Do you think? I hold have, on. Let me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me ask this again in the most like jaded way possible. Nate, do you think that McColl Hardman, who Seth just said, might be the fastest, you know, eighty-yard dash player in the league? Do you think McColl Hardman can uh, can get on the field in place of Blake Bell or Dion Yelder, Blake Belter? <laughs> I I want to say yes, but the data says.
1: No, or like they're gonna split. Hey, they split do reps. Do you think
0: this? Sorry, split, Hey, do you think that? Da- do you think that Dash from The Incredibles can get on the field ahead of generic <laughs> Titan Two? <II? laughs> no. Okay. Rad. Oh, uh, that's, that's, uh, kind of that, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that broke Josh. That's the kind of thing that not that was before the ad be so read, much. Josh.
2: You can't be broken before the ad
0: read. We need. That's you the kind that. of thing that. <laughs> that's true. I need to read that and then we'll get the hell out of here. That's the kind of thing that frustrates me so much, man. That's where it feels like, hey, we're going to outsmart ourselves and, and then come to regret it because uh, we have a lot of questions in the mailbag to, to the end of like, hey, so what has gone wrong with the offense here? That's one of those, like, unforced errors that leaves me so, so frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a theory. And neither of you made me feel any better, so thanks a lot. Yeah. I, I have a theory that will make you feel better.
2: Okay. oh thank god please the chiefs have treated this like a super bowl year in ways that i haven't seen them do it before right mm-hmm. even like mm-hmm. if you want to be weird about it like some of the video content they've put out mm-hmm. like some yeah. of the things like they, they this has been like we think you can't tell me that they did they decided we're going to create an entire youtube series or video series on a year that we think is going to end with a playoff loss in the divisional round they were like you know what <laughs> we think we're gonna win it all this year let's let's have let's do something no one's ever done before and have in-depth coverage of a Super Bowl winning season I really think that was the the thought process here's my theory and I hope it's true Reed saw what what's happened with the Patriots every year he's been in town he he knew okay the Patriots are tough Patriots you know they are who they are defensively they always say that they've got like you know 13 installs on offense or whatever, right? That they mm-hmm. that they that they put in throughout the course of offseason, preseason, training camp, all that stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. My my theory is if this really is like, guys, we think the playoffs are a given this year. Yep. And it's it's dangerous to plan like that, but I swear it's looked like that at times. I have a theory, and this again, I'm not usually saying crap like this. I have a theory that they've got their their twelfth and thirteenth installs still to go, I or or fourteenth and fifteenth, however you want to say it, right? Right. right. Uh, that's that's a theory. I have nothing to back it up other than occasionally I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you doing some of these things that I know Andy Reid knows how to do? That's just a theory of mine, just based on the fact that they have definitely treated this like a Super Bowl year. And if I'm Andy Reid, I'm like, okay, the playoffs are a given because we got Mahomes, we got everything. So what I need is at least or at most four games worth of game plans. And I think two installs could do that.
1: And, and and you're putting things on tape that you can obviously change tendencies later in the yep. year. And again, this has always been my sort of theory with especially Bill Belichick and Tom Brady that you cannot go into any of those games with one game plan that is stupid right. like like sorry yeah. Jason Garrett um once the patriots know what you're going to do by <laughs> halftime you don't have anything else man like <laughs> you show them everything so again you have to treat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick similarly to how and I and this is just a football lover in me to this day, Sean Payton should always be in the Hall of Fame. Cause he went to a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning at his height and was like, you know what? We're gonna have a game plan for the first half. We're gonna do everything different in the second half. I'm gonna <laughs> coach my guys yeah. to do both. Like, and this is this is in NFL films. Like, people can go look this up, but he was like, We have to treat him like he's an alien. So, like, we have to game plan for the first half. So that, you know, Porter has a chance to intercept him in the second half to, like, clinch the game. And I'm going to have to steal a possession from him somehow. So you know what we're going to do? While Shakira or Beyonce or whoever's performing at halftime, I'm going to tell the refs, we're going to run an onside kick. Just, Just don't say anything. Just... We, we gotta run an onside kick. I can't give this man the ball back after halftime right. adjustments. Oh hell no! And so like it was it was one of the greatest game plans I've ever seen in an NFL setting. And Andy Reid, if you need you need two game plans against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I just Steve Spagnolo, You need two game plans against them. Hell, you might need two game plans against Lamar Jackson because he's starting to get to like mm. Super Saiyan mode. Okay, so just
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I just.
1: Just take that.
2: There's your hope.
1: Just, there's okay. your hope. Yeah, exactly. There's your hope that, that somewhere they are looking at plays that they haven't shown anybody all year and that they will hopefully practice them enough to be ready to go in the divisional round, AFC Championship,
0: and potential Super Bowl. Well, I feel great. The reason I feel great, though, is completely unrelated to anything that you just said. I feel great because you know, you know what I did a couple of nights ago for dinner, uh, Saturday night? You know what I did it on Saturday night? What would you do there, Josh? I used DoorDash. I use DoorDash and I use the promo code TIME. You say, wait a second, you skip to the end. No no listen here. Here's what happened. I was I was doing a radio show. I came home from uh, from doing that. Trying to figure out, hey, what are we gonna do for dinner? Girlfriend comes over, hey, I, you know, I'm coming over and bringing bringing the dog. We're gonna watch uh, we're gonna we're gonna watch the Watchmen TV series on on HBO. All right, cool. What are we gonna do for dinner? Oh, I got an idea. How about that restaurant down the street? Do they do takeout? You know what? Let me see. Can't find anything on their website. You know what? It says they're on Doordash. Hey, listen here. I've got a promo code for Doordash. It's the promo code time. I did it. It it came to my door, it dashed straight to me and it was it was excellent. It came in peak quality the food was delicious and we got five dollars off the order because of the promo code time if you're not familiar Doordash. just download the Doordash app and you're going to open it and say well what do they have around you you're gonna go, oh god it's it's so much all of the <laughs> food i could ever dream of is is ready to be delivered directly to my door what an unbelievable world that we're living in right now ordering is super easy you can open the app you can choose what you want to eat your food will be delivered to you wherever you are you got your favorite pizza place, sure. That's on there. But there are also over three hundred and forty thousand restaurants in 3, in three thousand three hundred cities. So you, you're probably gonna say, "Oh, I've never, I've never been to this place. The, the place a couple blocks down the street. Maybe we'll just order in tonight, and we'll see how that goes. It's gonna go great, cause it always goes great with DoorDash. They got door to door delivery in all fifty states and Canada, Canada." Order from your uh, local go-to's, or you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. They're going to have to have somebody DoorDash to you in a pickup truck, but that's okay because they're going to bring you all you want from Cheesecake Factory. It's great. So don't worry about dinner. Let it come to you with DoorDash, and we're giving you a deal. This is good for you, and then you use it, and they'll see, oh, they they listened to Times R's, and then used the promo code. This is good for all of us, so listen here. It's a little secret between me and you. Right now, you can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code TIME. T-I-M-E. Do it. I did it. I swear I did it. This is not in the copy. I did the thing. It's $5 off your first order (laughs) where you download the DoorDash app from the App Store, enter promo code TIME. Don't forget promo code TIME for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Here's, Here's the new tagline that they didn't ask for. Hey, it worked. I used it all right let's go to the mailbag just just masterful (laughs) thank you uh i live for the ad reads nothing else in this show matters to me other than trying to deliver the best (laughs) ad reads possible (laughs) it was the bye week let's go to the mailbag we got lots of questions from lots of people we got a pretty good chunk of time left today so we're gonna we're gonna keep the pace up here so we can get through all these there are a lot and they're out of very good ones are you both ready in full mailbag mode Yes, let's do it. From at Junior Hasaya, which players do you think have been the most surprising and disappointing this season? Uh, Both of you give me one of each, Nate and Seth. We're going to keep that order the whole way through. We're going to cook.
1: Okay. The most surprising. uh, I would actually say it's McCole Hartman because I just didn't think Hmm. he'd be this good this early. Um, Like Everybody knew he was fast, but man, his route running has improved uh, his connection with Patrick Mahomes from it being very clunky at, like, OTAs is... I mean, Patrick Mahomes mentioned it. That touchdown to Tennessee is, like, perfect connection between quarterback and receiver. He's been great. Uh, most disappointing, I, I mean, it, it's hard because there's so much circumstances that go involved in, like, why somebody hasn't had a great year. Like, it could be injury-related. It could be scheme issues. Like, I I just thought Darren Lee was going to be somebody. Yeah. And he's, like, non-existent. Yeah. Um, And... It's not to say that Reggie Ragley isn't talented because he is talented at things, but he's been better at his talented things than Darren Lee has been this year. He's I mean, he's been lapped by Ben Neiman in terms of, hey, who can do zone covers well, who can stay to their responsibilities, who can be assignment sound and make an open field tackle. I mean, they lost let I me mean, let's be frank. They lost to the Houston, Texas, because Darren Lee missed tackle after tackle after tackle and yeah. basically forced Steve Spagnuolo's hand. So who knows if we'll see Darren Lee in December in the playoffs, but I think given that they only traded like a low round pick for him and given that he's in a rookie year, I think Brett Veach and Andy Reid were like, oh, we'll get the best out of him because he obviously wants to make a name for himself in a different environment on a championship team instead of being on the Jets,
2: and it just hasn't panned out. Seth, you're next. You're the other one. Oh, sure. I just, I Nate's analysis is is so good. You are just, just floored.
0: Like Seth was just sitting I there, just, like, just slack jawed.
2: I would, I would, I would absolutely subscribe to this podcast and give it a five star review, which people should. An do. Apple Podcast. Anyway, you know
0: what? That's a great idea, Seth. Go Apple- ahead and go leave a five star review, and then leave, write a little review and say that you think this show is as good as Seth does.
2: <laughs> yeah, and compare us to the
0: Avengers. A couple people have done that, that. it's
2: been really and then, fun. And then choose what uh, you've Anyway, are. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> for That's that. Cool. Um I uh I, I would say most surprising for me personally is Juan Thornhill. Hmm. I was not super high on him, and then when I saw him at training camp, I was like, uh-oh, boy, did I get that wrong. Um it looked more and more like his his change of direction issues in college. I think were maybe more mental than physical. I think he was being asked to do way too much in college, and now you don't see that same hesitation. He's been excellent. He's done a great job overall. He's had a few issues with tackling at times, but overall he's been a great addition. Um, most disappointing. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on two guys because I think their struggles are related. Uh, Andrew Wiley and. Austin Raider on the yeah. inside. Ryder. Ryder, sorry. Rider. Every every time I know <laughs> how to say his name too. Austin, I'm sorry. That was not meant to shade because
0: I'm sure you listen. Well, and also you you, you uh, are I'm just sorry, be like yeah, and he, also he's had the he's done the worst job of anyone on this team this year. So he, he's probably more offended he, by that. He's been the
2: most disappointing. I I had pretty high hopes for him. He played pretty well last year um in Mitch Morse's stead. Um and so I don't I, it's just been disappointing. There's been a lot of interior pressure given up, and we saw some of that again with, with Wiley and Ryder. Ryder?
0: God, I <laughs> Austin. Meant to Austin. Block. With our good I, friend hey, at least you're not saying, look,
1: "Look, At least you're not saying Jody Foster, okay? It could be
2: worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that Jody Foster. Shout, shout
1: out to our original, you know, our first-time listeners who got Jody Foster <laughs> in, like, episode three or whatever of the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Jody Foster, what a tight end.
0: Um, and so... <laughs> Can we... Hold on, sorry. We have a new episode podcast no, title, I no, guess. It's Jody I'm, Foster, won a title? Okay, Seth, yikes. Yikes, dude. Dang it.
2: That is not what I, I was doing I, there. I'm, I'm, um, that's been... Okay, fine. Those two are
0: disappointed. They've given up pressure. I'm done. Excellent. <laughs> God.
2: Before I say anything else, terrible.
0: I'm definitely giving it to Traverius Ward on the good side because I thought he was actually going to yeah. be like, pretty good this year, but like he's been excellent. Yeah. So I'm giving him most surprising in a good way. Um, you sound so surprised, Seth. Thank you uh disappointing disappointing i listen i you talk about extenuating circumstances like you go pinch nerve and then had a couple of good moments and stuff but like frank clark is still the expectations were so high that he's just got to he's got he's got to keep climbing that right now his arrows pointed up clearly but that's just that's where i'm still looking uh, wow, we went too long on that answer. From at Martinson Eric, do you think that – I like this as like a as like a view of society. Do you think the constant overreaction by fans we see each week, high or low, is a result of the nonstop flow of information? Or did fans do this in the 70s and 80s also just without Twitter?
1: Um, They did not do this in the 70s and 80s because the Chiefs were terrible during <laughs> those years. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but – but I under, I understand uh, I understand Eric's point. Like the idea is that we we you know the NFL wants this though. They've like engineered it for like yeah. every week is a referendum on your entire life yes. or livelihood <laughs> as an NFL player, coach, GM, whatever. Yes. You know, like yes. every everything has to be over exaggerated. We really shouldn't do this until like December, and we haven't reached December yet. Mm-hmm. And we really shouldn't do this until like January, where it's like, oh my god, you know. Hey, you, you, you just drove down the field against the Patriots, and it's fourth and seven, and you need a touchdown. Yeah. Don't, don't kick a field goal. Yeah. Don't, don't god. kick a field goal. But no, it was, it wasn't always like this, Eric. I think, I think in the height of the Marty Ball era, it was kind of like this because you, you know, it was like playing the same soundtrack with like just different, you know, singers all the time, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, like, hey, another thirteen and three season <laughs> that is gonna crumble in. Oh my god. You know, so uh,
0: it wasn't always like this. Eric is my short answer. That's the worst song ever. Yeah, yeah Seth, you were you were alive in the seventies. Uh, what was it like? It Man, he had that. Good. He had that on a tee. Yep,
2: yep. He was ready for that. That's funny. God, I uh, try not to root for the Raiders because I will tase the crap out of you. Anyway. Um I think that it's worse now than it used to be in part because people tend to feed off one another and so it used to be yeah people were screaming alone in their living rooms and throwing you know pretend bricks at the TV and that Ooh. kind of stuff so I think people have always really overreacted every play in every game, but now they do have a platform and that platform just magnifies
0: it. So now they think it's legitimate rather than admitting that it's silly. I like that. That's good. Uh, okay. We have a ton of running back related questions. we got similar questions from King Karius at G Manning, Casey at Corey O'Donnell. A few others all had questions along along this line here. Do you feel like the offense is missing having a dynamic running back and how different do you think the offense would be with Curry? Kareem Hunt and then also what should the Chiefs look for in drafting a future running back one I'll take a a a a crack at the draft thing in a minute but but how do you how do you think Kareem Hunt would have changed this offense how much or or how little um
1: we saw it last year y'all they were they were nine and two (laughs) they were nine and two and looked Virtually unstoppable on offense. Remember, they scored fifty-one points mm-hmm. <laughs> against the Rams in the greatest football game I've ever been a part of, and they lost. But it wasn't because of the offense fault. Mm-hmm. People, uh, not only did Kareem Hunt three things: Kareem Hunt rarely fumbled outside of the you know his first game in in, in the NFL against the Patriots. Big two, deal. two, he was great in in the screen game, just just great in the screen game, and three, he usually made a play or two that could not have been accomplished by m- mere humans who also play football. Um he jumped over Jimmy uh, Jesse Bates. He 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 jumped over Chris Harris. He destroyed the Chargers. Like just killed them at times. Um you know there's that one there's that long time run against the Eagles where like for much of that game the Chiefs offense was in a muck and they just handed it to Kareem Hunt and he went for like 70 yards into the end zone and the whole complexion of the game changed um there's just there's so few running backs who can do that it'll be i'm i'm always fascinated like i i want to watch the cleveland browns i mean that's crazy saying this but i want to watch cleveland browns because i want to see like how he's going to transform their offense and the idea that like they have two good running backs which is like unusual in the nfl with nick chubb but he was so good (laughs) like in 27 games i believe he scored 25 total touchdowns like do you know how hard that is Mm -hmm. Like he led the league in rushing. Um that's why guys and you know this is to this is like five years from now, or like I guess four, when we get to like the five year mark, but it would be great to ask guys five years from now, once we get a little more separated from the incident. I think half the locker room knew, oh man, it's gonna like like we had we had the perfection on offense with Kareem, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Hill, Sammy Watkins, you know, Patrick Mahomes. A better offensive line with a more, you know, veteran presence with Mitch Morse. They they were the third best NFL offense ever because mm-hmm. they had a great Hall of Fame caliber running back early in his prime. Like, it's just, uh, I'm sorry. Damian Williams is good. So is
2: Sean McCoy, even at 31. They ain't Kareem Hunt. Seth,
0: you still go second.
2: Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm trying to be polite. Anyway. Um, yes, they miss hunt. You know, we can talk about, you know, running backs don't matter and all that stuff. And, you know, in, in the aggregate, it doesn't move the needle that much. And people can talk about how down the stretch last year, you know, Damian Williams and the offense managed to be just as efficient. However, in the individual situations, such as salting away a win, creating yards after contact and not fumbling, those three things matter. And, so it's a very specific niche where running backs matter. And it just so happens Kareem Hunt is excellent at all those things. And, and by the
1: way, the, and, and, and the guy who scouted him for two years, um, and it doesn't get talked about a ton, is is Brett Veach. The idea that like right. Brett Veach saw, you know, he was the guy who identified LaShawn McCoy for Andy Reid when they were in Philly together because of his speed, elusiveness. And in this new era of football, Brett Veach sort of ID that, like, oh, if you don't fumble, that's a great standpoint. If you can catch out of the backfield, great standpoint. And you can break tackles, and he has a little bit more weight than LaShawn McCoy. Like, they, they, I don't know how they bamboozled teams to, like, not select him in the second round. They got him in the third round, I believe. It, it was, it was just striking. But, like, obviously that comes down to good scouting, good GMing, I mean, whatever you want to call it. But, like, he was, he was a rare running back, which is goes to, I think, Josh's point here in a minute about who do you draft. Like, you've got to have all these characteristics combined in one, and then you don't even pick him until the third round. But, but continue, Seth. Sorry.
2: Okay. I <laughs> Sorry. I think uh, – No, no, that was a really good tidbit. I appreciate that. I didn't know that Veach that, – that was his guy. That, that really was it. He's a unique running back with unique skills to where it does move the needle. It doesn't move the needle a ton because he's still a running back. And, but – It moves the needle in very specific ways. Fit matters. And the ability to uh, make make the team better by, you know, 10% in one very specific area, that matters a lot because now we've seen how hard it is to sustain that kind of greatness. That 10% shift here and there, it matters. So that's where... And then especially the not fumbling thing, because if you look back on some of the Chiefs' Mm -hmm. losses... If you put Kareem Hunt in there against the Colts, that's not going to get fumbled. And it's probably a touchdown, honestly, where, where LaShawn McCoy fumbled it. Because Kareem Hunt has, once he's in the open field, more sprinting speed and so you can see game specific situations where it would have made a difference and maybe made the difference between a win and a loss
0: and I think that's the thing that, that for me probably matters the most I will say this is and this is super overly simplistic so please don't Seth don't jump through your computer screen to come punch me in the face uh but last year Kareem Hunt was averaging 4.6 yards per attempt this year Sean McCoy has been averaging 5.1 like it was on way fewer, fewer carries and Kareem Hunt was much better in the passing game that matters he's a better running back his DVOA was significantly higher than McCoy's has been all year again the usage was way different neither Williams has been anywhere close there but I I, I do think that whenever you look at how the offense has uh, I guess regressed in some ways I do think it's an oversimplification as well to say that it's all about losing Kareem Hunt like I, I think that you know whenever you see them putting up 50 points I do think that is in part because they needed to, and and for the the places they've stalled, and also again things like turnovers, and again the situations you say, ooh, Cream Hunt probably scores there, those count. Like that is tangible to to Nate's point. Like I think that that's whenever that comes through for me. But I I do think it's 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 not like it's not like he's uh, he's been replaced with with significantly lower production on the ground. They've gone to it less, and I think the offense has had some other problems. Um, but but I digress. On, on the drafting front, um, and if you, either of you want to fight me, you, you can. I'm not really here to fight about Kareem Hunt for too long. But the, uh, the draft question reminded me of a tweet that I saw earlier this week about running backs from the 2017 draft. Listen to, to these names and then when they were taken which round here. Christian McCaffrey, 1, Leonard Fournette, 1, Dalvin Cook, 2, Joe Mixon, 2, Alvin Kamara, 3, James Conner, 3, Kareem Hunt, 3, Marlon Mack, 4, Aaron Jones, 5, Chris Carson, 7, Austin Eckler, undrafted. The point oh, there is, is that, obviously, as you go later in a draft, like, there's more uh, noise, I guess. There are other running backs in the fifth round that weren't Aaron Jones, or others, you know, late in the, the draft that weren't Chris Carson- but also, Leonard Fournette might be like the 8th or 10th best running back on that list, and he was the first one taken. So as we start to look ahead at, at draft questions, the first thing I would be looking for is value. And by value, I mean don't even talk to me before the third round. My head will explode if they take... And listen, man, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara have been excellent. They're, and, and Kareem Hunt have really those yeah. spots. They're great. Christian McCaffrey in the first round, I, I'm guessing the Panthers don't regret that. But, man, I bet the Jags regret Leonard Fournette because they, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of guys that go at a lot more impactful positions throughout a draft than at running back when you can also hit the lottery later on at a decent clip. So that, that matters a lot to me. Yep. Totally okay, agree. Good. I was making yep. sure that nope. I didn't say anything heretical. Mm-mm.
2: No, that's that's fine. And also, I I know he hasn't had a role this year, and that's been disappointing for a lot of people. I would not sleep on Darwin Thompson having from a from
0: at Bill role Simber. Why why hasn't Darwin Thompson gotten the chance?
1: Because he's a because he's a rookie, <laughs> and Andy Reid just doesn't play rookies until it's until his hand is forced. And everybody forgets like Kareem Hunt was doing fine in the preseason. Spencer Ware got hurt that. Thrusted Kareem Hunt into a starting role, and that would have not been the case had yeah, and,
2: and Hunt looked better. Right,
1: and that would have not been the case had Spencer Ware not gotten mm-hmm. hurt. So, when it comes to Andy Reid and running backs, Absolutely. he likes to he likes them to sort of you know marinate for a year or two before you know utilizing them as best they can because a younger running back has the more has a prob- higher probability of fumbling, which is also you know an issue that we mentioned earlier. But th- those are the reasons. I have no. I have. I still have a lot of faith in Darwin Thompson. It's just. It's a lot to ask for someone that young with that type of body and skill set to sort of be thrusted right in and know that you can count on them. You know, snap after snap.
0: Lightning round! I'm directing each of these to one of you, and then we'll go to the next one. Uh, Nate, what if any free agents available do you think could impact the Chiefs down the stretch? From at Dennis Wagner DMD. Free agents for this year, man. I don't. Yes. I, I mean, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> so good, thank you, Nate. From at one loss underscore wizard for Seth, rank most to least responsible for aggression of the Chiefs offense. Injuries, Andy Reid play calling, loss of Kareem Hunt, schedule, Madden Jinx. Please say Madden Jinx. Uh
2: in 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 order of most important um injuries, schedule, uh um, Madden Jinx. Madden Jinx. <laughs> Madden Jinx. <laughs> read play calling loss of kareem hunt injuries and schedule far and yep. away the biggest things
0: i love that you put kareem hunt la- i read it as like oh, kareem hunts last for me as i'm imagining, so I was like ah, I got it. okay second to last um <laughs> from at bearcat maximum nate if you could pick right now which position to the chiefs draft first
1: a linebacker who can go sideline to sideline, can tackle in space, and is not going to be a liability in the run game.
0: Same tweet. I want you both to just give me a name here because I think this is a really good question. If you could immediately improve any Chiefs player by a letter grade, Oof. who would it be? Oh, so great. Um,
1: such a good you, question, you go right? first, Seth. I'm still thinking about this.
0: Immediately improve any player by
2: a letter grade. So not necessarily automatically make him elite, right. but one letter grade above where he's hmm. currently at. Correct. In all phases of the game? Sure. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a lawyer. That's fine, uh, Anthony Hitchens. Ooh, I think that's, that's a, a good answer. To kind of piggyback off of Nate's point. That's probably the right because answer because Hitch- Hitchens, Hitchens is pretty good against the run, and he's not terrible in coverage. And you could have him become very good against the run and good in coverage, and that would be really... a huge difference. It would allow them to use their safeties differently. It would be a whole yeah. A whole that's deal.
1: a God, That's a really good question. Or a really good answer. Excuse me.
2: Um, I would say
1: yes. Uh, I... I would say, I honestly want to say somebody like Rashad Fitton, just cause like. Yeah, you can never have enough DBs, and like he's <laughs> I was, he, he's already improving. So let's let's just bump him up another letter grade, because you you hey yes. Julian Edelman runs routes in the slot, and yeah. last year Treverius oh. War was trying to sort of pseudo you know shadow him, but it didn't work, and like Stephen Nelson was horrible, and no. he had communication issues with yeah. Kendall Fuller. We don't know what the hell's happening with Kendall Fuller. I mean, he's gonna come back at some point, I assume, but like. If Rashad, like, let's get Rashad Fenton as many, you know, Jinzu beans as we can give him before he faces Julian Edelman.
0: <laughs> I was going to go either uh, Hitchens or or Kendall Fuller. So I think that's, those are both good. Uh, also, last one for Matt Bearcat Maximum. Could you eat a wooden broom over the course of a month if you had to? No. No, sir.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: I think I could, right? Yeah. You, you just would like the into thing into put pills. in your food. Yeah. This is, yeah, yeah. Come that's on, great. Nate. Have some come confidence. On. Come on, Nate, believe in yourself. I, 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 I just, I ain't got that hot. <laughs> uh, at uh, at Engage the Trade, Nate, you can take this one. Are the Chiefs in jeopardy of losing Mahomes long-term because of consistently wasting his talent, reminding them of Granky in 08 in subsequent years?
1: Look, I love Zach Let, they That cannot happen. Um, you know, uh, there's more reporting for me to do over the next couple of weeks, but, like, this, this deal's, uh, I think, done. Uh, I mean, I asked Clark Hunt, and he was like, ah! We, we, we expect him to be in a Chiefs uniform for the rest of his life, y'all. <laughs> so, so no. I don't think that... Uh, unless we get to, like, year four or year five where it gets into that, like, weird Peyton Manning phase where it's like, oh, God, Peyton Manning,
0: heck, he has to win a Super Bowl, right?
1: Yeah. Like, until we get to that point, like, I, I think we're fine.
0: Uh, Seth, should Chris Jones plan on uh, playing outside more on running downs this year from at Douglas Dowell JD? Um, Yes, I think so, depending on Okafor. But
2: even without Okafor, I really like... Um, the idea of Jones on the outside on first downs because they've struggled against the run and while run defense isn't that really important, the offense hasn't been as good as it was last year and so you can't count on winning that way um, necessarily and so I I like the idea of putting Jones on the edge on first downs and then having uh, Noddy in there and then swapping out Pinnell and and Saunders and Clark on the other edge. Mm-hmm. That's a hard group to run on. You saw some really dominant snaps against the Chargers when Pinnell and Naughty were on the field together. Like the, mm-hmm. the Chargers interior was like, well, we going to move these guys. God, coach, these guys ain't moving. Like they're going nowhere. And like, if they end up playing the Colts in the playoffs or something, like, I mean, they're going to need that. And so I would
0: love it. Uh, I need, I need an answer with no explanation from at Peter. Y golf? If you were a potato, how would you most pr- prefer to be served? Answer and no explanation from both of you. Baked
1: mashed potatoes.
0: Oh, they're both so, they're both so good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say tater tot. Um, nice. and from at Patrick Mahomley in the th- the three of you in a triple threat match. Who wins? Yeah. Important to know. There are no DQs in a triple threat. Is one by is it one by pin or submission? Who takes the pin slash submits? Who is left uninvolved at the finish to set up a one on one with the winner?
1: I think because of my speed, I'm just I'm just circling the two of you all until you guys resolve whatever issues. you <laughs> <have>. <laughs>
0: Seth,
2: how does it go? Look, I love both you guys. But of all of us, one of us made his bones working in the oil patch in Eastern Montana. And <laughs> it wasn't either of y'all, okay? I was, <laughs> I was I was, the dude who walked into Eastern Montana bars wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. So oh, that's so
0: good. I'm that's just saying, so
2: I had to learn some
0: things to not die. So... I, although, you know, Nate's strategy is a good one. I'm not going to lie. That's a good what one. What I would have suggested is I would have immediately began trying to work with Nate to knock you out first. Ooh. And then Nate and I can figure it out. Okay. Well, hey, that's whoa, my whoa. Offer,
2: whoa. Josh, we've known each other for a long time. What's happening here?
0: La- la- yeah, I, uh, you're, you're offering to kill us is what's happening. La-
1: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, who can, and I say this. I say this with great respect and admiration, but ladies and gentlemen who continue to ask questions about physical altercations and the (laughs) hypothetical that regard me again, these hands are meant to type. They are made (laughs) to type.
2: I thought that was going to turn into a threat and it went the other way. No, 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 it's, it's
1: a, it's a, if you ask the question, just know um, I have, I have some athleticism, but these hands are generally made to type and to not, do what you're
0: intending. Um, we have we're out of time. Jacob sent me a. Uh, I asked him to DM me how he believed this would go because he said he had an answer. I will tweet it out and tag you guys because it is wonderful um, for how he he scripts this matchup going. But we have to go right now. Again, the reminder: tomorrow we have the all decade team episode. We will break down and create the Chiefs depth chart from all of the players that were on the team. This decade. You can also check out the State of the Nation podcast. That's the Raiders podcast here on the Athletic. If you want to look ahead to next week's episode, you can follow Nate on Twitter at by Nate Taylor for updates all week long uh, for everything that happens leading up to uh, to the Raiders game for Raider Raider Week. At Real MN, she's Fan for Seth, you can get some uh, Michael Hardman clips right now. Whatever else he does, I'm at JB Briscoe. I'm gonna tweet out how that fight would go. You can also tweet about the show <laughs> with the hashtag #TimesR's. Bonus show tomorrow. We will talk to you again next week. Nate, sign us off again these hands
1: were, were meant and made to type and I just want everybody to know
0: with the hands that I
1: typed uh, as you're listening to this go to the athletic and check out uh, my long story on Andy Reid and Brett Beach. just 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 go nice. just go check out the long typing that I did or the many the mini types I did with these hands because these hands are made to type <laughs> and not to fight I'm a I am a lover and a typer and that is all.